Hello, coaches. Welcome back to the Coaches Rising podcast, podcast number three. And in this podcast, I'm speaking with Karen Kimsey House, who is a true pioneer in the field of coaching. We, you know, we can bandy that word around, but she is one of the pioneers. She's been coaching since 1988, and she's one of the co-founders of the Coaches Training Institute, which is one of the biggest training schools in the world for coaches. Today, we're going to be speaking about coaching from source. Um, it's been the subject of a, a couple of our podcasts, and it's um, it, it lights me up so much. It's really, for me, this gateway into coaching mastery. It's the shift we can make beyond our professional coaching persona that, you know, it's it can be a powerful thing, but it, it can get caught in wanting to get somewhere, wanting to get results, to be a good coach. So we can surrender beyond that and something bigger than us can come through the coaching. So in this conversation, we take that uh, conversation further and we begin to paint this, this picture of um, the coach in deep service. The coach who is dedicated and and, and in doing so uh, catalyzes their own transformation refining themselves as an instrument so they can serve from their highest capacity. Karen's going to share with us the, the, the gateways for her into coaching from source. And what is at the heart of her coaching? What drives her coaching? So it gets very intimate and personal. Karen is on the faculty of our upcoming online coach training program called Coaching from Source, How to Be a Transformational Presence. And that runs this fall. I'll be back at the end with more details about that. So enjoy. Yeah, really great to be with you again. Uh, how's things with you today, Karen? Wonderful. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we were just saying we've got a whole hour uh, about that amount of time for us to to dive in today and um, who knows where we're going to go. So, <laughs> it's a luxury no for us, huh? <laughs> a whole yeah. hour just to schmooze. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I, I'd love to talk to you about this topic, which um, actually you were one of the, the kind of pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that really catalyzed this exploration for me. I think it had been um, something close to my heart for a long time, but it really started mm. to crystallize after a conversation that I had with you and with a couple of other people about this space that we can um, move into in our coaching. You know, when we um, when we dare to kind of move beyond maybe our, our, our coaching persona and our mm-hmm. you know our um, desire to get it right as a coach or to be a good coach and to get results. And um, so that's what I'd like to explore with you today to, about that mm-hmm. space. And um, so um, I wonder. You know, my, in a way, it's it's an open question. But what comes up for you as I as I you know talk about that space? What's it like for you? Um, just listening you speak about it is thrilling to me, because it's something that I don't always get to talk about regarding coaching, and yet I think it's at the heart and the essence of truly masterful coaching is that space beyond the pragmatic, that space beyond the doing and what we know. So I think that you know. There's where mastery lies, right? Um, it's sort of like an actor, you know, prepares. They do all their lines and they do all their exercises and they do all kinds of things to make themselves ready. But when they get on the stage, they have to just surrender and open up to the, to the muse, really, to, to source, 
and let it come through them, you know. And I think that's, this, that, that's the same thing with truly uh, brilliant and masterful coaching. Mm. Yeah. Um, what's that space like for you? Like, how, how does it show up for you? Um, and, and I love that you say, like, um, you know, we can still have our training and our tools and um, they can be useful, but, but it's like this is a step beyond that. And, and yeah. What's that space like for you? How does it show up? Um, uh, it feels natural. It feels um, effortless. I'm out of time. I, I need to really make sure I keep an eye on the clock. Otherwise, I will just go forever. Um, things come from me that don't feel like they're necessarily all of me. Um, and the relationship and the connection with the client that I'm coaching really shifts dramatically. It becomes more like a um, this really exquisite dance that we're doing together rather than they're trying to make something happen or I'm trying to do something to or for them. So it just becomes much less effortful and much less fluid. You know, athletes talk about being in the zone when they're playing. Joe Montana, a San Francisco quarterbacker, used to talk all the time about being in the zone and you're out of mind. And that's what it feels like to me, being in the zone. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I mean, I've, I've been experimenting with this in my own coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, it's, uh, I, so I recognize these signs, you know, like the timelessness and the being in the zone and mm-hmm. effortlessness. You know, it's not like I'm trying to make something happen. Um, and, um, and, and, and yet like, so that's a, there's a paradox there because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're like, when we can try to get into that space, you know, um, but it's, but it's maybe not the same space that we're trying to get there from, you know, it's a different type of experience. What's that? Yeah. What's- yeah. Well, you, uh, I don't, I think trying maybe the antithesis of coaching from source you know, I think it, it starts with trust. No, actually, I, that's not true. It starts with a belief that we are in relationship with um, source, spirit, life, energy, what, God, whatever you want to call that, that we are always in relationship with that um, consciousness that is larger than our own awareness. That relationship is always there. Our ability to tap into it comes and goes, right? Sometimes I'm very, very conscious and I feel really, really in the zone with that, re- with that relationship, but sort of that a collective dance with, with life, with spirit, with source. And sometimes I'm disconnected. I'm numb to it, right? But it's always there. So it starts with trusting that that's there and then letting go of the need to uh, get it right and really opening up to trust that what is coming through oneself, either the coach or the client, is the right thing is going to take us somewhere, you know, because if you know exactly where you're going to go all the time, you're never going to go any place really different, right? So in order to really open up the source, you've got to let go of that sense of direction and be in this place of um, not knowing. And that's really, really vulnerable. And sometimes it can be really challenging to our egos that want to, you know, prove that we're really, really good coaches. I go there too. I get, I get trapped there too. And it's just a remembering of, dropping all that and letting go and letting come. Well, yeah, I think because you're pointing at one of the barriers, I think, to, to, that can stop this, this kind of quality uh, from emerging in our coaching. And 
um, I just remembered a time in my coaching where I suddenly just found this confidence to say, like, I don't know where we're going to go. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I mean, I'm really committed that we're going to have some powerful insights or that, but that something's going to emerge. But I, but I don't really know um, what that is. And, and right. it was funny because somebody could say it in a way where the client was like really excited about that. You know, it didn't, I didn't sound incompetent or like I didn't know what I was doing, but suddenly they were just really excited. <laughs> Well, and earlier, probably, I, I know sometimes in my mind, my mind would go, what do you mean you don't know where we're going? You know, that's my client. I really need to be certain and clear, you know, and uh, if you're certain and clear about where you're going, you're not going to go any place else. What you were certain and clear about in that example is that something exciting would emerge, right? And it's, it's so much easier if we had that certainty and we hold that for our client, it's so much easier for them to step into it then and open to that space as well. Mm, yeah yeah and, it, and i think that's a quality that um that, that this unknown quality that you're talking about um mm-hmm. that, that we we have to kind of invite that in and be open to to that coming in and that um i'm curious if you could point to that that kind of how that shows up for you in the moment like like because you know it's we can say we've got to open to the unknown Mm. What is that actually like in the moment when you sat with a client? Like, I wonder if you could pass sure. that apart. Well, I'll talk about my own experience. And I also want to say that we, I think we all access this, this space, this openness to source differently. So I'll, I'll tell you about my process and then I'll, I'll, you know, maybe name some other ways that people that are different than me might, might do that too. For me, I'm a very kinesthetic person. So it happens for me physically, and I just need to remember to relax my body, take a deep breath, and I actually literally visualize opening my heart. I imagine that there's a door on my heart, and I visualize opening that door up to my client, to everything that's all around me, to the, my belief, the willingness of source to support and provide. And so it's, for me, it's a physical softening and an opening, and a conscious decision that I'm going to let go and trust. Yeah, yeah. And, and then as you do that, then you can let go and something can come through. I, I think that's like, let's talk about that because um, this idea that there's something bigger than us being open to that, you know, um, right. and how that's an important part of this. And I imagine some coaches listening maybe. You know, some people are uncomfortable with the word God or, or so we can use any kind of word for that. But that just seems so important that, that we're open, at least open, that there's something beyond us. Well, it, it gets in Europe. Do you have this word woo woo? Does that make sense yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets labeled or it has in the past gotten labeled as woo woo. It's mm. too esoteric. It's too abstract. You know, at least in the Western world, we're very pragmatic. We really want evidentiary proof um, for what we can see and touch so that we feel certain, you know. And what we're talking about lies in the realm beyond that. You know, um, there's that wonderful quote from the little prince, the most valuable things are invisible to the eye, you know. So you have to trust what you can't see or what you can't prove. And that's a, that's a leap of faith. And in the past, it's, it's gotten labeled as flighty or new agey or woo-woo. And what's really exciting to me is that I find the conversation is circling back around now to an openness and a willingness 
to talk about this kind of energetic field, this kind of source and opening to it without having to discount it or label it because it can't be seen and it can't be proven. Because once it's, it's great to, science is wonderful, it's great to analyze things, it's great to prove them. That's not a bad thing. But when something is proven and known, the access to that which lies beyond automatically closes down a little bit. So we have to step into this place of really not knowing if we're going to get anything really, truly new. Do you, do you find that there are the leaders that you work with and the coaches that you work with are, are like tuned into this or open to this that we're, that we're exploring right now? Yeah, here's what I find. I find that in their own way, everyone is open to this. It's just that language can be a barrier. So I'm mindful of the person that I'm working with, and I try to use language that is accessible for them, or metaphor, I use a lot of metaphors in my coaching, or metaphors that would make sense to them. So how I open this idea up to one person would be different than how I open up this idea to another person. And I think it also depends on where you are in the coaching relationship. I might not start in my you know, initial intake appointment with this kind of conversation, but I will begin to open it up with my client as we go to whatever degree they're able to, they're able to receive that. And most people I find really are hungry for that. They're dying to know that there's yeah. something larger than, they're aching to know that their life has meaning beyond just what's right in front of them. They just, they just don't know how because they can't see it and touch it, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't find it to be a really alien topic for people. Yeah. Well, I love that you bring this up because it's something I've been questioning in my own coaching, which is like, how do I, how do I bring in this topic, you know? Um, mm. um, and, and, and so with some people, it just seems to be already there from the beginning, you know, it's right. like just straight in and, and we're able to access it with other people. Um, you know, it seems to take a bit of work or, or like, a, like an opening or tr maybe trust in the coaching relationship or even um, some people I have to point things out a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. So, well, some so, people know more of a pragmatic example that they can get their hands around, you know, yeah. um, for, for really, really, truly, you know, sort of pragmatic folks, I, I sometimes go to brain science and I'll talk about the brain and how the brain works and how we only use a small part of our brain and how we might open up to other areas in our cognition. And that's mm -hmm. tangible enough. It's, I'm, we're talking about the same thing, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's tangible enough for them to be able to access it. Oh, the brain. I have a brain, you know, you're not talking about something really strange or woo woo. You're just talking about what goes on inside my head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that helps with those kinds of people. Um, yes. and, and I think, um, you know, the, the, yeah, I think maybe neuroscience is maybe starting to back up some of the, um, oh, yeah. you know, the ways that we the the kind of channels of perception that we can begin to, to access, which can be doorways to this, to this, uh, this kind of field of, um, of potential or, or, or of information, you know, like, um, um, our interoceptive awareness or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I love what you said about doorways mm. because that's the, the, the brain is not the destination, but it is a doorway. Mm. Um, and I love neuroscience too, and I'm so thrilled with some of the research that's being done. And sometimes it can become so pragmatic that it sounds like that's the end result rather than that's a channel or an avenue um, or an access point for something larger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Cause like you just shared, you know, once it's known, it's, it's yeah. known and it can lose a little bit of its, um, uh, or, you know, like, and I think that's an important part of this, isn't it? It's that kind of, 
you know, you can just feel it when this shows up in a, in a, in my own experience or in a conversation, because it's like, there's a kind of sense of um, curiosity and awe and, and I start to feel tingling in my body. And there's a kind yeah. of, there's a, literally a sense of opening a uh, possibility right. or something that starts to flood the, flood the space we're in even. Right. Excitement. Mm. Yeah. 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 I remember even, um, even with a client once just saying like, um, just let's say that there's, we're surrounded by this field of, of infinite possibility. And just even framing that for her as like, you don't have to totally believe it's true, but just to, just to, you know, buy into it a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, wow. I remember it just, it was so remarkable what came through because what before was a problem, you know, we were like, there was a sense of trying to fix something and, and, mm-hmm. and work. And mm-hmm. um, suddenly there was almost this state of grace, which came, started to come through and, yeah. and illuminate the conversation. And she just kind of, all the tension dropped away from this issue and she just kind of spoke very clearly from a knowing about what she wanted to do next. Wow. That sounds so magical. I bet she was blown away. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I mean, and me too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just so much easier to trust once you've had an experience like that. It's so much easier for the client to trust. So I love that you said, you know, let's, let's just go here a little bit. Just, you know, it might feel a little strange or different, but let's just try it, you know? And then she got to have an experience. It's, she's got now something tangible she can build on the next time you ask her to just let go and open up. Mm. Well, what would be um, some advice you would maybe give to, to coaches um, who are listening in, you know, who may be, um, you know, being inspired by, by what we're talking about. Um, um, and they were thinking about playing with this in their coaching. Would there be like a, something you would say to them? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because of course people want to know how and how gets really pragmatic. And once you get really pragmatic, <laughs> you're kind of back, back at square the, one. Yeah. And yeah. there are some things that I think one can do. Um, I, I personally believe that, um, a lot of interpersonal work, a lot of uh, self-acceptance work, uh, you know, really, really getting clear about purpose, about one's life philosophy, really, really getting solid inside yourself so that you have a clearer North Star to follow, helps someone let go of that drive to prove themselves or to produce the result or to get it right. You know, I mean, the two things that I think people have to let go of if they want to really, really be masterful coaches are looking good and getting it right. Looking good and getting it right are the death of that mastery every single time. So the work that you do inside to fortify yourself, to really find a place of self-acceptance helps so much, at least it helped me let go of looking good and getting it right. So that's one thing that I think really helps coaches um, prepare. And then the other thing I think that helps a lot is to pay attention to one's physiology. You know, if one is sitting really forward with your shoulders bunched forward in what I call the, you know, the classic coaching position, like really intense, Mm -hmm. it's much, much harder to really feel relaxed and open than when one is sitting um, with their hands relaxed and in an open posture. And every time I coach, even after I've been coaching since 1988, so for a long time, I still, before every coaching session, take just a moment to take a breath and let my energy drop. I usually look outside the window and I open my heart and I open to the world. And that helps, you know. And then the last thing I think that really helps people is to have some kind of a physical or spiritual practice 
It could be meditation. It could be yoga. It, it could be a course in, in study or reading. But I think really staying connected to one's own relationship with source, whatever that might be, helps one. It's like, a, it's like finding your way to a cabin in the woods. You know, the more you walk there, the easier the path is to find. So I think mm. a practice really, really makes a lot of difference as well. Mm. Well, like the theme that I pick up from the, everything you shared there is this sense of openness, you know, that there's a sort of physiological openness, but also a psychological openness, you know, that we've mm-hmm. been able to, to see that need to, to look good and to get it right, which in some way is a, is a kind of defense, isn't it? You know, it's like mm-hmm. a protection, like we want to get it right so that we can, you know, um, stay in connection and, 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 so, and, in, and I think at its heart, survive. Yes. Yeah. Yes, self-confidence is extremely vulnerable. And trust is even more vulnerable. You know, yeah. being confident enough in yourself to let go of looking good and getting it right is super vulnerable. And then trusting that that you can't touch and see is even more vulnerable. So it's really uh, exposed and vulnerable. But I think that that's the opportunity of it. You know, I really believe that. I mean, like, why are we here? I mean, we all have a different sort of belief of why we're here. I think we're here to evolve and learn and grow. That's why, we, that's why we're here. That's what we're after, you know? And so this practice of opening and trusting and letting go of the striving is actually an evolutionary step in one's life journey. So for me, it, that's the magic of coaching. It feels like I benefit so much in the practice of coaching because I'm grown and I'm expanded as I ask myself to be vulnerable like that, to open and to trust and to let go. Mm. So, I, I mean, this touches me because I think um, I feel for me like almost like coaching is, um, is a spiritual practice in a way. And um, I don't know if all coaches would agree with that. That's okay. But for me, it's, it's like deep service. Yes. And, and so, um, so as you speak about it in this way, you know, like um, um, it does feel like a, a sort of spiritual commitment in a way that's transformative. It is for me. You know, uh, and it is transformative for me. Therefore, I think so often the level of our dedication to a spiritual practice is the level at which we benefit from it. You know, so whether it's coaching or something else, um, uh, to me, that that deep service that you were talking about, which I love those words, speaks to dedication, to a dedication to contribute, you know, to serve. And when we serve a client, especially as we look at coaching from source, we're not just talking about, you know, having them get a better job or um, making sure they find a relationship or that they make more money or they write a book or whatever it is they want to accomplish, which is great. I'm not dissing that clients need to accomplish things. That's important. Mm. But there's a human being that is always evolving and growing. That's your client. And every challenge that they face, everything that they come up against, everything they want to accomplish is an opportunity for that person to learn and grow. That's why at CTI we say coach the person, not the Mm. problem, because it's the person that's continuing to evolve and learn and grow. And when we open up to that larger space of coaching from source, we can really hold the ongoing growth and evolution of our client. Mm. What comes up is the question, like what's for you at the heart of of like your dedication? Um, It's quite a personal question, but 
Mm. You know, what, what, I don't know if you could um, articulate that, but what is at the heart of what motivates you in your coaching? That's such a good question. Let me think about it for a minute. It's probably not just one thing, but the word that came up when you asked me the question was belief. Belief in the human spirit um, and love. You know, that for me, I believe that I came into this world to continue to evolve and grow mine and others' ability to love well, you know. And so for me, coaching is uh, that expression of loving that is quite unlike anything I've ever found. I think that's at the heart of it. Belief in love, belief in the spirit of my client and love for uh, life and everything in it. Mm. Mm. Wow. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. That's not the kind of question you get asked that often, and it's lovely to answer it. I just thought of um, George Washington Carver, uh, who um, I just read about, who said, mm. like, he, I don't know if you know about him, but he, he was this, uh, grew up on a, a slave uh, plantation, and um, mm-hmm. uh, plantation with slaves, and, and he was, like, renowned for, for having these plants come back to life that uh, that would be kind of struggling and dying and the, the people would, they would bring them to him um, and they would suddenly start flourishing and, and everyone would be, everyone would be like, what are you doing? You know, like, what is it you do? And he just said, I, I love them. I love these plants. I give them my, uh, mm-hmm. and, they, and, and they would flourish. And later on in his life, he went on to invent an incredible amount of like um, inventions uh, especially related to peanuts. I don't know where he got his thing with peanuts, but he said the same thing. He, said, um, I, he just basically said, I'm on a mission, a divine mission, and I, um, uh, I'm dedicated to this, and I'm, I'm just loving these things. And when I love them, they reveal their secrets to me. Mm. So, yeah, that, so that's what that love, that word love, you know, if we could get oh, that what to a, our clients. What a great story. I love, I, I, I've known a George Washington Carver, but I have never heard that story. That's phenomenal. Mm. I give my love and they blossom. I think that's true with people too. Do you know, like we, we like to pretend that we're also very different, do you know, and ideology, ideologically, maybe we are, our, our opinions about things may be really different. Certainly here in the United States right now, we have very, very different points of view about things, but at our core, we're not so different. Mm. We're, we're related. We're, we're actually all related to each other, you know, under the surface and I think that um, that kind of kindness of spirit, that kind of openness of heart and willingness to give our love doesn't mean be a patsy or just roll over if people are being inappropriate. It's a question of who you're being in the conversation and how you want to go about it. And I find coaching to be the, for me, the best way to practice that kind of um, wholeness and acceptance and love. Mm. Well, well, that, that love might show up in, in a kind of fierceness, you know, in a fierceness of commitment towards your client's potential, maybe even more than they believe it themselves sometimes. Of course, or di- being very direct, being very, very direct for the sake of the client's, you know, further movement and well-being. It's, love isn't just, um, love is a really round thing, man. It's not just hearts and flowers. It's fierce and intense and dedicated and strong and true and soft and many, many, many other words that I won't use. There's, it, it, it really does encompass everything. And, and I find that if I'm coming from that place of open-heartedness, it doesn't matter what I say. It really doesn't. It's going gonna, it's gonna, 
evolve into something really fabulous. And if I'm not in that place of openness and connection, it doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> it's just not going to, you know, I could be as brilliant as the cows come home, but it's just not going to have that same wholeness. So it's an energetic thing as much as a sort of cognitive or verbal thing, I think. And maybe that's part of this, you know, that we actually learn, we sensitize to that energetic feel of the, yeah. you know, the experience. Yeah. Oh, I love what you say a little bit more about that. Talk about sensitizing to the energetic feel. That's really interesting. Well, it's, it's um, maybe it's like kind of marinating in it a little bit or, or, or mm -hmm. um, um, it, it, it's, it's really a sensitivity for me and maybe it's the mm -hmm. heart sensitivity again. And I don't necessarily mean my, my literal heart, but it's, it's very different from um, my kind of analytical mm -hmm. mind, um, you know, which may be again back to that part that wants to get it right too. I mean, it's not like my thinking mind is a bad thing. It's, it's not, but this is a, this is a kind of deeper experience for me. Um, mm -hmm. It's a sensitivity. It's like an attunement. Mm -hmm. um, to the person that I'm with or to the space that I'm in and, and myself. And in a way, um, and this is where it might start to sound a bit woo-woo to people, but there's, there's like when I drop into that deeply, it's like the separation between us starts to, starts to dissolve or, you know, maybe it wasn't there in the first place. So Yeah. See, I think that separation is an illusion and, uh, other things, but we're talking about coaching in particular, allow us to move beyond that illusion and connect, you know, and get, uh, what was your word? Be, be sensitive, yeah, you know, sensitized to, the, yeah. sensitize to the connection that already exists. And that's true, true, absolutely for me, person to person, but it's also true for me in, you know, life is all around me. The people are a part of that, but just going for a walk in the morning on the beach and being sensitive, you know, instead of making sure that I get in my uh, 30 minutes of aerobic activity and my heart is beating at the correct beats per minute, to really be sensitive to what's around me and be open to it and be a part of it instead of just on it, you know. I think that that's, you know, the distinction between fulfillment and a life of striving, you know. And coaching for me is a place to really practice that, to really own it and develop it. And it's just given so much to my life. I feel so immensely grateful that I've had the privilege of doing this work for this long. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm that lucky. Well, and, and also that you've inspired, a, you know, a generation of coaches, you know, I mean, that's amazing. Like kudos, kudos to you for that, you know I mean? And I think that that's um, in a way like really relates to this topic of coaching from sources that there's an alignment mm -hmm. That's that's you found and that that's transmitted out. You know, I think it's not just by chance that your coaching school has impacted so many people. I don't think it's so either. And it's for me, it's my earliest example of moving, working from source because we really, really, Jill, did not know what we were doing. We had no idea what we were doing. We were fumbling our way along and just sort of really opening ourselves up to three of us to what made sense next you know, and where we felt called to go. And so thank you for the acknowledgement. And I don't feel personally responsible for anything more than having been willing to be open to what wanted to come, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, what I like about that is that kind of another maybe quality that that's important in this is the, the humbleness or the humility, which is, mm -hmm. 
um, because I, I really, I get what you're saying. It's like I've had, um, you know, I, I know that feeling where it's like cool ideas come out or something's created and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm so excited and thrilled by it and, and, and I want it to go out in the world and touch people and it's like, where did it really come from, you know? Like, yeah, well, you're in, you're in deep service of that in the work that you do. That's why you're doing what you're doing, to be in service of that, which is coming through you. That's why we're having this podcast. That's why you're taking the time and the trouble to talk to me this morning. It's in yeah. service of that larger thing. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, and, and that's what I feel right now is that in a way there's, there's like once we attune to that field and, and I feel it's starting to saturate the conversation more and more, um, who, like, it's like, where, where do the questions come from? Where do the, the insights come from? You know, it's, mm -hmm. actually, a, it's actually a mystery to me, you know? Um, and, 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 and I know that if I open, they're more likely to come through. It's going back to that point you brought in about uh, not corralling things, you know, not making right. things go in a certain way. It's like they start to kind of flourish in a way. It, I think I love what you're saying, and I think it permeates every area of our life. You know, we're in the process of selling our home here on the Pacific Ocean and moving to another place. And oh my goodness, my little my little mind just wants to get all worked out and it gets all worried because of this or that. And certainly I need to, I need to do my, I can't just sit here and hope that something happens. I need to do my homework, but at a certain point I have to let go and trust that things are going to unfold in the best timing or the highest good of all concerned. And so uh, while I hope I get my asking price on my house and that the timing works out great and I don't have to rent an apartment, really, if I give myself over to trust that what's unfolding is exactly what is needed by the people involved. It's just life is so much easier and so much more joyful. Well, well, I mean, what that brings up for me is something you mentioned before about fulfillment, you know, and mm. I think this, this is like, I mean, so deep in, in terms of it being just about being human, not just about coaching, but that, um, you know, that, that this coaching from source, the space we're pointing to, I think does lead to a, a fulfillment or, um, you know, if we move out of that kind of striving mm -hmm. part of ourselves that is um, wanting to look good or to get it right, you know, we could apply mm -hmm. that to our lives equally Absolutely. to coaching, you know, and if we're living from that place, there's a drivenness to it or, a, um, you know, like a kind of efforting, which um, maybe can't quite ever, um, you know, satiate itself. Yeah. Well, we've always, we've got, we've accomplished the objective, we've taken the hill, we've won the battle, whatever it is, check, we're under the next thing, you know, rather than being moment by moment in the experience of our lives unfolding, and um, available to live, actually, from source, to let that come through us, you know, any more um, outside of the structure, which of course I know when I'm talking to a client and we have a call schedule, I'm not, I'm not uh, unaware of that. But beyond that, the line between coaching and living becomes blurry for me. Uh, it becomes a, a practice of commonality in my experience. That what I'm, what's showing up in my coaching is showing up in my life and I can carry it into my life and what's showing up in my life I can carry into coaching and you know, it all becomes a part of the river that feeds the my metaphor is right. I was going to say feeds of the well, but that's the wrong metaphor. But I think you get what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my metaphors get ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit, but there's the secret really, isn't it, of coaching too, is that in that space, it's like just, it's, 
you know, you're growing just as much as the client or that boundary yeah. between who's coaching who, um, you know, even though, of course, like I'm still holding the, the place that I'm coaching someone and they're paying me. And at, at the same time, it's like that boundary starts to on another level. It's like, you know, it's much more permeable and um, I'm, I'm fully in there growing Mm-hmm. Too. being served by the way thank you for a moment ago when i said what i said about cti thank you for not wanting to be sure that i was appreciating myself and that i wasn't pushing away acknowledgement you know sometimes when i come with humility to what's come through people really want me to to make sure i really know the impact i've had in the world and i appreciate that i feel their gratitude and it's not that i'm not aware of the impact that our work has had i am it's just that I think it's really important to hold that uh, the me, I, didn't do that, you know. I opened to it and I served it, which was a big deal, but only a small part of actually what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. Received and, yeah, I just felt like, you know, I think that's what I'm noticing right now is there's just um, a dance, you know. Yes, yes, right now, always. Two mm. souls coming together, dancing, and and um, who who knows again? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the yeah. things I love about talking with you, Joel, the most, yeah. one of my favorite things. Mm. So, where should we go next? Well, m- maybe like um, we've covered so much territory that I think um, like we could start to bring our conversation to a, to a kind of um, convergence. Okay. I think we've spoken about this, but what I'd love to ask you is. You know, there might be people listening who are like, yeah, but is this practical? Um, you know, is, is this something that I can do? Um, is it, you know, I've got my clients, they want to go somewhere. They do want to go somewhere. Um, they, they, they do want results, you know, and you're asking me to maybe to let go of that. So um, maybe you could speak into to like how those two go together. You know? mm-hmm. um, so um, here's my experience. Whatever level of dimension I can bring towards bringing source in around a particular issue or problem, sort of the degree to which I can open to that is the degree to which the solution that emerges is um, innovative, new, and um, ultimately the most helpful, the, home, the most helpful direction. So solving the problem will move action forward, really coaching from source will bring action that is whole and sustainable. So I can understand that clients want to go someplace and get results and coaches feel called to, you know, make sure that they produce those results. I really understand that. It's just that in that direction, just staying on that trajectory as a coach, a coach is missing at least 50% of what's available to the client. So a little, like, like you don't have to spend a whole call just breathing together, you know, a little bit of patience, a little bit of let it go, a little bit of losing sight of the shore will actually result in an outcome that is more whole and integrated. Now, as a coach, it's your job to hold that. So let's say I'm working with a client and we've let go and we're just opening up this space. We're not going all over the place. I still have that direction in mind. I'm not forcing it. It's like a sailboat. I'm tacking with the wind, you know, but I'm not just sailing around in circles. You know, I know I'm headed toward something and everything that's coming. 
I, I stand in the belief as a contribution to that direction. So that when we were, arrive at the solution, the solution is so much more brilliant and whole and innovative than where we might have arrived if we just taken a direct path. Mm-hmm. So well said. Yeah. Like I just get that sense of depth and, and, and yeah. um, truthfulness or alignment with the, with what comes out when that greater kind of range mm-hmm. of, um, of, of, um, of uh, information and, and spaces mm-hmm. is brought in. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I've been there, you know, with that superficiality where it's like yeah. you're working and it just feels like you're, you're going too fast or you, you're just skipping over things and it, it's not, doesn't feel it's it's too wafer thin yes it's not deep enough by the same token i love that you brought up producing results because coaching for source doesn't mean that you're just wandering around in the river or the lake or whatever body of water you're in. you're not just wandering around out there and sort of following the conversation all over the place there is a direction and a and a um dramatic uh holding a holding of the direction for the client so that you know, everything that's coming is being used in service of something larger, you know, usually related to a particular topic or outcome most of the time, you know, and sometimes the coaching will go off in a different direction, but it doesn't just wander all over the place. Sometimes people think coaching from source means you just sort of talk about whatever. No. Well, I think, you know, coming back to that sensitivity that that can be an instrument that actually um, it gives it more power, you know, it gives it because you, you, you're like attuned to like, what is, what's in alignment? Are we, are we like following the right thread here? You know, like, a, um, and, and that, that's the thing that can um, kind of charge the conversation and take it, you know, you've got that depth, it's all included. So that's brilliant, Joel. That's totally, yes. It's about being more, more conscious and aware and sensitive, not less. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good place to, to kind of, uh, you know, bring this, con- this installment of our interactions. To a <laughs> <laughs> this, this chapter in our ongoing dia- universal dialogue to a close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been a, re- I love, I feel like it's been a really personal conversation too, you know, as mm, well as mm-hmm. we're talking about, um, in a way, like a kind of uh, beyond something beyond who we are. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, it's it's felt very intimate and personal. Mm. Yeah, for me too. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, wish you well and everyone well who's been listening to the podcast. May your yeah. coaching be robust and easy and from source. Okay, welcome back. It's Joel here again. I want to tell you about coaching from source. I hope you've been inspired by this conversation. And if you want to bring more of this, the power of this into your coaching, then you can join our online program. It's called Coaching from Source, How to Be a Transformational Presence. And it's going to be running this fall from October the 11th to December the 15th. It's all online. So wherever you are in the world, you can join us and kind of join all the other coaches. Uh, We have hundreds of coaches that join us um, from all around the world. And the faculty is outstanding. Um, We've got, uh, alongside Karen, we've got Jim Dethmer, Katie Hendricks, Karen, Kimsey House, I've said her. Um, We've got John Prendergast, Richard Strozzi Heckler, Michael Neal. I mean, these guys have been coaching for decades and they're going to show you 
how they do it. How do they make that shift and how can you do it? There'll be uh, weekly live um, interactive video classes. Uh, there'll be transcripts of the calls. There'll be practices that they're going to give you. There'll be um, workbooks. You know, it's a really interactive, immersive online learning experience. And um, I'm biased, but I, but I, we, we deliver great quality courses. So um, if you want to know more about that, then you can head to coachesrising.com forward slash coaching dash from dash source. That's coachesrising.com forward slash coaching dash from dash source. Thank you.